everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby, the one Zubilicious podcast where I talk all about a little-known card game called Magic the Gathering. Um, and before I begin, I do have to say, if you do not currently listen to the If Lands Could Kill podcast, please go do so right now, because I, I will admit, all right, I listen to a lot of Magic podcasts, and all that, but my favorite one, my all-time favorite magic podcast is If Lands Could Kill. I must say, they are probably some of the funniest guys. Unfortunately, it's down to a two-man crew now, um, Hot Sauce and Knife City. It used to be a four-man crew, then it went down to three, now it's down to two. Um, not that it's not any better or, or any worse, I mean, now that it's down to two-man, it's still just as funny, but... Um, it definitely go take a look. Um, they're on all the major podcast apps there. Uh, and, you know, I, I love these guys. And their past episode, they're, they're, they just came back with a new episode after a, a few months, you know, being at a commission. And they do a whole bunch of, <laughs> they do a whole bunch of little, um, like, um, oh, God, what do you call them? A parodies of other magic podcasts out there like Heavy Meta, Brainstorm Brewery, and they did Yours Truly, Magic Wazubi, and I died. Actually, all the parodies were super fucking hilarious. I was dying laughing. Even, oh, you, you guys just got to listen to it. And then at the end, you got to listen all the way to the end, too, because they do outtakes for some of the parodies. And um, really good. I love you guys. Um, you guys are my favorite magic podcast out there. Go listen. They're not for young children's ears, for sure unless you don't care what your children listen to, but they are my favorite for sure out there. So before we begin every episode, let's get some announcements out of the way. I am officially booked for Grand Prix Orlando. I'm not Orlando. Um, we already had Grand Prix Orlando. I mean, Grand Prix Atlanta. I officially booked my hotel and I am going to be there um, I'm actually driving up there November 1st, which is a Thursday, and I will be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and leaving Sunday night to drive back down to Florida. Um, I'm still working to see if Channel Fireball is going to let me do any spell slinging or anything. As of right now, I'm in talks with them. I have not heard anything, but even if they don't, if they don't offer that, then I'm still going to be there playing Magic. Um, I just don't know what yet. I'm definitely not going to do the main event because I'm just going to lose in Modern. So either maybe doing some side events or some drafts or how just going out there and maybe recording some content and playing a bunch of commander and hey heck maybe i'll bring my cube too because we are going to be talking about cube today um which is i i've said i'd be talking more about cube but then you know other stuff pops up and my cube has been so neglected lately um so yes there is that i will be at grand prix atlanta Another thing is there will be no episode next week due to I am going to be out of town for work. I'm going to Las Vegas for a few days and I'm just not going to have time to even record an episode because I'll be out there. I'll be working out there. This is not a fun little vacation retreat. It's going to be all work and no play. Essentially, I'm going to probably the best part of the trip is going to be the plane ride, to be honest. But I have to wake up butt ass early to even get on the plane. So unfortunately, no new episode next week. I apologize for all my rabid fans out there uh and then i think that is it for the announcements um otherwise magic Wazubi can be found on the following on itunes google play stitcher and tune in radio 
Uh, you can also find me on YouTube if you just search Magic with Zuby. You can also reach out to me via Facebook at facebook.com slash Magic with Zuby, on Twitter at Magic with Zuby, on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby. You can email me at mtgzuby at gmail.com. This podcast is sponsored each and every week by legitmtg.com, my favorite my favorite uh you know magic company out there they have they've been with me through thick and thin and then also manatraders.com if you need to rent a deck on magic online go ahead and do so at a very cheap price um cheap monthly price and if you use coupon code mtgzuby you save 15 percent off your first three months um trying to think i think that about does it oh Another thing, uh, you know what another podcast you guys need to check out is another one that I sort of do every other week, you know, when I can get on when time permits, is Tin Street Hooligans from my buddy John Dunning, who's part of the They Said We Said uh, YouTube channel. He also does The Hive Mind, which I've been a part of, which kind of over a year ago, has it been more than a year now, I think? And he's had a whole bunch of other content creators on as well. Uh, he interviews content creators like every other week and then does 10 Street Hooligans, which is the sort of group podcast I'm a part of with John Dunning, uh, Johnny Slivers, and then Coach from the Card Bazaar, who's been on the podcast. Uh, John and Coach have both been on the podcast. Maybe I need to get Johnny Slivers on the podcast as well. I haven't had a guest in a while. I've just been, I've had so much stuff to talk about, just magic by itself solo, that sometimes I wish I could do this two to three times a week, you know, get episodes out there. Um, the video part is what just really drags me down. That whole complete set review I did, oh my gosh, that was, <laughs> that was a, that was tough. I could not imagine doing a daily episode like that every day because it was just so much work. Props to people out there who put out episodes, you know, every day or hell, even two to three times a week. Because with doing that complete set review, because the way I did it um, was I recorded all the audio except for the multicolored. I recorded the multicolored last because I knew it was going to be like almost 90 minutes. I think it turned out to be 85, 80 to 85 minutes, I think. And so I recorded all the colors first and then artifacts and lands, which was the shortest. And then it, that was the easy part. I didn't do any of the editing or anything. And then I recorded, I record video at the same time that I do audio. So, you know, I got all that done and I, I edited all the audio first. Audio was quick and easy because I didn't have to do any graphics or anything like that. And not that my graphics are really that intense, but it is just so time consuming. And then I had to, you know, I gave myself a little deadline because I'm like, all right, I want the first episode to come out that Sunday. And then each episode will come, you know, come out a day after that. So I got two episodes done in one day as far as the video editing. And then the day after that, and then I got two more episodes done. And then got, what was that? I had seven all in total. So I got six done. Actually, I got three done in one night at one point because the artifacts and lands was so short. And then the multicolored one, I didn't finish until that Tuesday or Wednesday. And because that one was coming out that Friday, last Friday. So I just got it all done. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I can't imagine doing this. It, 
I will say one of the best things about doing the set review was I was so familiar with all the cards by then so that by the time it got to pre-release, I felt a lot more comfortable because normally what I do with pre-release before doing that complete set review is I'll go over the cards and really look at the rares and mythics and be like, okay, but I never I never really pay that much attention to the commons and uncommons except for the few good ones out there, right? I don't really pay attention to all of them, but I feel like doing that complete set review really upped my game during that pre-release and even on Magic Arena as well because it got me really thinking, okay, I know what cards are good because I talked about them all. And, you know, and I did compare myself to other people who did complete set reviews too to see if my thinking was along the lines of theirs. Um, of course, there were a bunch of cards I got wrong and missed, but there were some cards that I was pretty proud of myself. Like, okay, I thought the same as LSV for this card, you know? Yeah, I, I really thought, you know, whatever common or uncommon was really good that may not have looked good on the surface, but could be good potentially um so it was a lot of fun doing that complete set review i can't wait for the next uh ravnica set the uh, alliances of ravnica or is it allegiance to ravnica i have to look it up i don't remember the name i know it starts with an a but um yeah i had a fun time so expect that more in the future i think i'm only gonna do the standard sets I don't know if I really want to do Masters or other supplemental products like another Battle Bond or Conspiracy. Really depends on my mood. I'm not going to say, yeah, I'm going to do it, but it, it's a maybe. But standard sets are a 100%, or I shouldn't say 100% because if you've listened to my podcast, you know how crazy my life has been lately with my oldest daughter. So we'll say a 90% surety or 95% surety that I'll do more complete set reviews because I had a ton of fun. As much work as I put into it, I had so much fun doing it, even though, you know, I got the downloads were fucking amazing. I will say that the views on the video videos and eh, not that great. I don't know what to do with YouTube, man. I, I feel like doing these video podcasts and then really trying to get my YouTube views up. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And I'm doing everything. Everybody says, you know, do meta tagging and more descriptive titles and all that. I'm like, I'm doing it, but I'm not getting anything. And then I don't want to spam Reddit and, you know, Twitter and all that stuff. But I, I have been spamming Facebook a lot more. So at least my buddies are actually seeing my shit. So props to that. Um, so what are we talking about this week? It's already 10 minutes into this almost, and I'm sort of just been rambling on about nothing. So I, we're going to go into a little bit about Guilds of Ravnica pre-release, and then we're going to talk about Magic Arena, because I am having a hell of a time with that. And then we're going to get into cube set upgrades from Guilds of Ravnica. So I'm going to go over each color in Guilds of Ravnica and what I think are some good cube set upgrades for your cube or potentially my cube as well. And I promise one day I'm going to get an episode out or series of episodes that talks about all the colors of my cube. It's I'm actually trying to go through some changes and upgrades in the cube right now. And it's more related to the multicolored and the artifacts or the colorless, I should say, because I feel like especially the artifacts just don't feel strong and fun enough. Uh, the multicolored feels kind of too themey or too the theme-like, I should say, and a little bit boring, per se. Like, I was trying to make it too streamlined, but I think I want to make it more fun. The monocolored 
they they feel pretty good in balance, especially after I nerfed white to the ground after a few months ago. Um, it's not completely nerfed. It's still really strong, but I really brought up all the other colors in power level and took away some of white's really powerful cards. So I guess uh, let's get on with talking about pre-release here and then on to some Magic Arena. All right. So, Guilds of Ravnica pre-release just happened this past weekend, and I actually went to a pre-release. Um, was almost was trying to decide whether or not I really wanted to go because of just life happenings, but one of my buddies convinced me, like, hey, he really did prod me along, my buddy Alex, you know, was like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing for pre-release? And I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to go, and then he just kept talking about it, and I'm like, all right, fine, let's go, let's do it. Because Guilds of Ravnica does look like to be a sweet set. I don't. I keep itching my nose. I don't know what's going on here, but um, yeah, it looked really fun, and I'm glad I went. I knew right away that because I didn't go Friday night. I can't do midnight pre-releases anymore. I'm too old for that shit. All right, it's not that I'm too old for. It, it's just I can't do it. By the time ten or eleven o'clock comes around, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready to go to sleep. All right, so we did a Saturday afternoon pre-release and I knew going into it that Boros and Selesnya were going to be really popular as far as what people were going to actually create in decks but Golgari went super fast because of Assassin's Trophy so I didn't want Golgari anyway because if you heard my complete set review was not impressed with Golgari at all it was pretty terrible as far as the mechanics go not that all the Golgari cards were bad it's just eh, not that great so I had the choice of Boros or um or Demir no no Boros Demir is it and I'm really really contemplating thinking I almost chose is it at first because those are some of my favorite colors but then I'm like, okay, Demir has a lot of surveil, so I'm going surveil here. And I chose Demir, and thank God I did. Because that guild pack, that, that guild pack that was in it was so freaking good. Oh man. So I went 2-1. I got second place um out of eight people. So yeah, the only game I lost against was against Selesnya. The two decks I beat were like five color defender mill weird weird strategies both of them were i think there were these two friends and they both went like five color jank and but the decks were surprisingly pretty decent too they have plenty of removal a lot of defenders and just waiting to mill you and control you out and all that so it's not like the decks were bad they were just really weird so i went um technically i went grixis but it was more demir with a splash of red because one of the packs i opened did contain a ral is it viceroy and while ral isn't the best planeswalker out there but out of the two um i mean i think Vraska is the better planeswalker out of the two but in limited ral isn't that bad with just digging through my library and especially with some jumpstart cards and even you know, the surveil doesn't really help with with that, but just the digging through my deck was really helpful. I even got to alt Ral at one point, which was ridiculous. It's, by the time I got to alt Ral, I had to be really careful with even using that ability because I had plenty of instants and sorceries in hand, but I couldn't use any of them because I would have milled myself out if I had casted two of them. So I'm like, oh my god, and I didn't have enough damage to eight damage wasn't going to be enough to kill my opponent he was at nine or ten so i had to sneak in some damage there but he had plenty of defenders so it was a pretty fun game i did end up 
I didn't end up killing him because um, I got a flyer out or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. But um, it was a really fun deck. Uh, some of the MVPs of the deck were not only Ral, is it Viceroy, but... And if you follow me on Twitter, Disinformation Campaign is ridiculous and limited and sealed and draft. If I come across a disinformation campaign, I'm like, all right, guess I'm going Demir this this time. But um, disinformation campaign is such a dumb, broken, limited card. If you don't remember what it does, it's one blue and a black enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you draw a card and each opponent discards a card. And whenever you surveil, return return this card to your hand. Um, it's stupid, right? It's really dumb. So I have plenty of surveil, especially disinformation campaign with Night Veil Sprite, where whenever Night Veil Sprite attacks, surveil one. Yeah, you're just going to keep getting disinformation campaign back in your hand and then play it again, draw a card, make them discard a card. I had so much hand disruption in my deck here. I had disinformation campaign. I had, um, what was it, thought erasure. Oh, which ones? I had Atrata, which isn't really hand disruption, but at least I can exile stuff out. I had Pilfering Imp. Um, Jesus, it was it was ridiculous. Uh, what else did I have? Uh, oh, I guess that was really it, just those three. But yeah, it was just it was ridiculous. It the the whole the whole deck was just ridiculous. It did really good. The time the one round that I did lose was because. And it was probably my fault. Maybe I should have shuffled better. Was I was just getting land screwed, or I was no. In game one, I had plenty of blue, but I was missing just one black mana that I needed, and I couldn't. And I was afraid it was going to be one of those mulligans where I open up my seven seven cards. It's three islands and four something else. You know, like one one or two blues and two blacks. And I'm just thinking to myself, if I mulligan this hand, I'm going to get six cards with no lands guarantee it so i kept that seven land hander and didn't draw black at all when i lost against selesnia which is ridiculous and then of course game two was i had sort of the similar problem which i had black and blue but i only had three lands and i could not draw a fourth that i needed for something i don't remember what it was but so and that that's that happens that's magic um but overall the pre-release was really fun um it was i like that it was a smaller pre-release um I wish there was more people, but we were kind of limited on where we could go. I mean, not that we were limited. I just did not want to drive down to Tampa. And I know the Tampa stores were probably rocking out with a lot of people, which they usually do because they are really popular. It just up here, up north of Tampa, it's like, eh, we're kind of slim pickings here, man. It kind of sucks most of the time. We don't really have a really good store presence per se, not like we used to. So overall was fun um in my prize packs oh, what did i get in my prize packs again i took a picture of it um doo, 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 doo. i got how many prize packs i got four prize packs right yeah so my prize packs um i mean not the worst cards i mean certainly not the best cards i got a citywide bust chamber sentry hatchery spider and the best one out of it is amara soul of the accord amara in limited is ridiculous amara in standard is probably still going to be ridiculous jesus amara when it taps it creates a one one uh what is it a one one white soldier token with lifelink that's stupid and ridiculous and it only costs two mana Jesus, I mean, I'm not really that salty about it, but it's such a dumb good card, especially in limited. My God, 
with that with Convoke. Oh man, that that card's just bonkers. I love it though. But um, overall, I've been pretty happy with Guilds of Ravnica sealed, and I'm not just saying that because I won, but it, it has been pretty fun because I even took that sealed code and played it on Magic Arena, and while I think I went, oh god, I think, oh, how what are the maximum wins, like six or seven, I think I went four and three, and because at first I tried to go Demir because I got so much surveil and um you know, good control, but everybody was going aggro and sealed. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to rebuild my sealed deck. And I went Boros aggro because I, I went one and two with the Demir. And I'm like, okay, I'm just losing here. So then I just rebuilt it as Boros and then won the next three games. Then I lost that last game due to, um, I think, someone else playing aggro and they were just faster than me. So it happens. So overall, really fun pre-release. I can't wait to draft this set even more. Um, I can't wait to get the boxes I've ordered. So there will be a live opening of, because I got a case of Guilds of Ravnica along with the guild kits and the Planeswalker decks. I didn't get a bundle. I usually get a bundle, but I'm actually trying to reduce the amount of bundles I have because I have too many. Well, I mean, to me, it's too many. It's filling up a bookshelf, uh, you know, a three-tiered bookshelf. And... Um, I just want to get rid of them. I'm slowly trying to get rid of them, so I don't want to buy any bundles. And um, and I'm also trying to reduce the amount of bulk I have for magic as well. Just a lot of, you know, the commons and commons that are crap. And I'm just going to keep a play set of everything. And I'm just, I've got too many cards. I'm trying to just, just reduce the size because I'm honestly in my office. I'm out of room. I'm out of room to put more cards in this place. I'd have to start taking up closet space, and I don't want to do that. It's I've got too much, and I'm trying to reduce. And yeah, my I mean, my wife isn't complaining or anything. She's not mad about it. It's just it to me. It's bothering me. All right, and I need to get rid of them because these are cards that I'm going to get rid of. And I'm never ever going to play. Hell, at the pre-release, I didn't even keep any of the cards in my prize packs except for foils and rares. I, I looked at my buddy Alex. I'm like, do you want this? I'm getting a case. I'm not going to need any of these cards. I looked through the cards real quick, just gave them to him. I'm like, here, here you go. Take it. Don't need them. But um, anyways, so that was pre-release. Had a really good time. And then Magic Arena finally went into open beta last week. And I have been having a hell of a time with the game. I've pretty, I'm pretty sure I talked about Arena before. And I, I, I've been in the closed beta since the very beginning when I had to sign an NDA and everything where I couldn't talk about any of the features or anything like that. So I've been in the I've been in the beta since then what last November or October it was um last year it's been almost a year now. So I've seen I've seen it go through changes. I did not play as much arena as maybe I should have during the closed beta because I'm definitely of the mindset to where I don't want to spend a lot of time on something that's just going to be erased and wiped, right? So I spent I spent maybe like 20 bucks in the closed bay, and I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I, I did some draft and bought some packs just to experience it, and I'm like, okay, that's enough for me. So with open beta, they say they're not going to do any more wipes, and I really, really hope that's true because I've got a lot of really awesome cards, and I have been hell having a hell of a time with it. It really, really reminds me, at least right now, this is the honeymoon phase right now because it's going to get to a point to where... You know, when if you're a brand new player to Arena a year from now, you're going to be so screwed as to, you know, playing up against people. So 
regardless of that, um, I this honeymoon phase that we're in right now is we, especially if you're not buying a lot of packs or you know spending hundreds of dollars in it right now, is you're in this honeymoon phase of you get one of the pre-built decks. And it's some pretty decent cards in there. Not the best cards, but pretty decent cards. And then you're just, you know, playing the quests and maybe buying some packs or, you know, playing Singleton or something. And whatever cards you get from a pack, you're like, oh, I got this card. I'm going to put it in my deck now. And it really reminds me of when I was a kid, when I was ignorant to magic and had no idea about buying singles or anything like that. And just thought, okay, you get all your cards from buying booster packs, right? And that's what it feels like right now, like I'm a kid again and getting to experience that. I know it's not going to last forever, but I, but even now I'm still getting excited about getting a pack and potentially getting something good, you know, in my deck. Um, so I've been enjoying that part of it. I, I had, I, they need to make Singleton a permanent format, period. I, I, ha I have not had so much fun in Arena than playing singleton draft and sealed are pretty fun but singleton is just so much fun i built a boro singleton deck which is pretty much aggro and then i built an is it singleton deck which is just really control burn and i've had so much fun playing that as well um, i want to build a blue white control singleton deck now too i haven't i haven't really gone and done it yet but so i finally built a blue white control deck tonight as of this recording it's monday October 1st as of this recording so I built a blue white control deck and I have to say um, it's really fun playing control on magic online because people will just quit after you counterspell something and then people will definitely quit after you settle the wreckage them twice in a row um, and I, I ha only have to assume that there's not a lot of magic players playing magic arena because I notice a lot of mistakes that people are making and I feel like these and maybe there's a lot of hearthstone players coming from hearthstone to magic and they just don't understand a lot of the nuances of it because it's I mean any normal magic player knows that if you're going to go swing all out and I have two blue and two white open I most likely have a settle the wreckage in my hand and your board's going to go wipe. It's going to go bye-bye. So, and I'm not trying to hold that against any players or anything, but I just, I notice a lot of newbie mistakes and it could be the rank I'm at because I haven't been playing too much constructed ladder. Uh, this past weekend, I've played so much singleton and, and sealed that I'm just, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I haven't been playing too much constructed you know, regular constructed. So maybe it's just the rank and level I'm at. Maybe I'll get higher up there. So I built a blue white control deck and it's just been wrecking face this evening. And, you know, it's, I do have to say it's pretty funny when someone just, you know, ups and quits after I counterspell their first spell because they pretty much know that, okay, this is going to be the entire game, just counterspell. And it is quicker to quit and, go to the next game and grind out your quest and I completely understand that because I'll do the same thing sometimes sometimes I may not be in the mood to play a, a control deck or want to play against a control deck where I'm just like okay I've only got really five ten minutes to play I don't want that whole five ten minutes to be miserable I'm just going to quit and give you the win which that's fine I completely understand but you know I control is one of my favorite archetypes and I like denying people the enjoyment of magic sometimes so it's just it's just me so overall arena I like it a lot um 
just like most other card games like Hearthstone, there's going to be eventual problem with new players coming in and being able to keep up with people who've been playing the game for a long time. And I don't mean me like me personally, but I just or, or magic players like myself. Um, but I mean, people have been playing arena for a long time and have gained that card pool. And I'm also really, really, really going to be interested in arena next year when they have their first rotation, because what's going to happen to Ixalan through M19 cards? I mean, are they're going to have to have some sort of modern or frontier or legacy format in the game because people are still going to want to be playing those cards after that. Right. I mean, at least I would be. Um, and that's where I think Singleton is going to need to shine. They really need to bring Brawl into this. Even if they don't bring Brawl, I think Singleton is the perfect kind of format for Arena. I I, I have not played Singleton, honestly, since I was a kid. Where, you know, that was per where we built like 100 card Singleton decks. Maybe sometimes 150 card Singleton decks. Because we didn't know any better back then. And Singleton was just so much fun over the weekend. And... I can't wait to play it again, and I wish it was free. The way they set it up over the weekend, that's a perfect way to do it, where you get up to three wins, or is it three or four wins? I can't remember now, and you get a potential rare card, and that's a good way for new players to grind out cards, too, because, hey, you know, even if you win one game, you have a potential of getting a rare card, potentially. Most likely, it's going to be an uncommon card, but it could be a rare card, and that that's pretty fun that's a good way to unlock cards um so i don't know I, i'm interested to see where it takes now there's still a lot of features missing we still are in beta um the economy's not the greatest but i'm hoping wizard sorts it all out but the one thing one thing i'm so worried about with this game is i really and i i hope it won't because they have something really good on their hands here but i'm almost afraid this game is going to fall like Magic Duels did. And I loved Magic Duels. Um, before you get into me, I know Magic Duels was not the proper way to play Magic because they restricted how you built decks with uh, rares and mythics and uncommons. So it wasn't real Magic, quote-unquote. But I enjoyed the hell out of that game. I, I sunk like almost 200 hours into it on Steam. And I sunk... I wouldn't say a lot of money, but pr pr a bunch of money probably. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, I'm, I'm I almost have that fear in the back of my mind, like crap. What if Wizards does this to Arena, and they just say, "Uh, next year, uh, we're done with Arena. Uh, sorry guys," and it's just, oh look, all that money and time wasted. I mean, it was time having fun and money that I was gonna spend anyway. But, you know, there's always that thought in the back of my mind because I'm going to be honest, I like Magic Online, but it's time has passed. It, it's time passed five, six years ago. It needs to it needs to retire. And I know people have a lot of money invested in Magic Online and their whole companies like Mana Traders and Card Hoarder and um, what are some of the goat bots? that have a whole business based on Magic Online, and I completely 100% understand that. But it's time for Magic Online to just go into maintenance mode and just really have Wizards focus all their resources on Magic Arena because they, they need to move on. They need to move on from it. It's time to upgrade to Arena or something very... If Arena doesn't 
survive, then they need to upgrade to something that's arena-like or Hearthstone-like if arena fails. Um, because you're not going to keep getting new players playing Magic online when there's something shiny and new like Artifact or Hearthstone or any other card game out there when it may not be as deep as Magic, but it's shiny and looks better. And then you look at Magic Online's interface, you're just sort of like, okay. So I get it. I'm still a fan of Magic Online. I still like it, but it it's time. It's time. It The company needs to move on. I mean, hell, if it's still making a lot of money, go for it. But I really think the majority of their focus needs to be on Magic Arena. That That's, that's their future for Magic Online Digital, for sure. So those are some of my thoughts on Arena so far. Um, what are some of your thoughts? Let me know. Uh, let's get on to the next segment here where we're going to be talking about cube set upgrades for or from Guilds of Ravnica. All right. So we are going to be talking about which cards from Guilds of Ravnica can be slotted perfectly in your cube. All right. So we're going to go over each color, white, blue, black, red, green, and then the multicolored and then artifacts and lands. Um, I'm not going to go into each card in depth like I did with the complete set review, but we have a lot of cards to talk about here. So let's just get on with it. Okay. Let's first talk about which white cards from Guilds of Ravnica are perfect for your cube here. Uh, first one on the list, and like I said, these are all my opinion here. Uh, first one on the list is Bounty Agent for one and a white creature human soldier, two two with vigilance. You can tap it, you can tap sack, you can tap to sack Bounty Agent and destroy target legendary permanent. That's an artifact creature or enchantment. So the reason why I picked this card is I sort of look at my cube. I have a lot of legendary permanents out there, more, more creatures than anything. And um, and I figure in most cubes, there probably are some really good legendary creatures out there that, hey, maybe you need a way to get rid of those that might not just be a removal spell. So this is sort of a removal spell on a stick with that has a bare body attached to it that also is vigilance. So in a sort of low to the ground aggro kind kind of deck in your cube, this could be a perfect little slot where it not only fits that sort of aggro flavor when you're trying to go for it, but also that removal flavor as well. So Bounty Agent is, you know, a card that I would definitely look at. Uh, next, we have Citywide Bus for one double white sorcery. Destroy all creatures of toughness four or greater. Obviously, there's better white removal spells for cube. You know, you got Wrath of God, um, Cleansing Nova, you know, a lot of other stuff out there. Oh, uh, Day of Judgment, you know, it, the better removal out there but maybe you know you're building your cube and like is it going with the aggro game you're not going to have a creature with three toughness or greater maybe this would be the kind of good sideboard card for that little aggro deck you built in cube to where okay so my opponents are playing you know they're playing mid-range and you know higher costing creatures maybe this is the kind of card that would slot into slot into games two and three against your opponent so those that's sort of my thinking of why i chose citywide bus like i said there's better removal out there but maybe you want some removal that's not going to affect your board right so that's why I chose Citywide Bust. Uh, next, we have Conclave Tribunal for three and a white enchantment. It has Convoke, 
When Conclave Tribunal enters enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent opponent controls until Conclave Tribunal leaves the battlefield, so an Oblivion Ring effect. But with Convoke, where you can cast it a lot cheaper than Oblivion Ring, potentially. So I really like this card. I'm always a fan of the O-Ring type effects, and this is a really good slot in for your cube here if you want a potentially cheaper O-Ring effect as well. Uh, next we have Dono Hope Don I can't pronounce any of these names tonight. What the heck is going on? Um, Dawn of Hope for one and a white enchantment. Whenever you gain life, you may pay two if you do draw a card. Uh, pay three and a white. Create a one-one white soldier creature token with lifelink. So at first, I think when I did my first set review for this, I didn't give Dawn of Hope that great of a review. I was kind of like, you know, it's good. I mean, the creating the soldier is the best part of it. But if you do have life gain in your cube, this is a pretty good card because white doesn't get a lot of card draw at all normally that's more you know for black blue of uh, some green um once in a great while red but there's and same with white there's not a whole lot of card draw with it so this if you're playing a kind of slower maybe life gain type deck and you have it and you can support this kind of deck or that kind of deck in your cube this will slot in perfectly for that kind of archetype here uh, next, we have Divine Visitation, which is three double white enchantment. If one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, that many 4-4 white angel creature tokens with Flying Vigilance are created instead. So my cube, for instance, has a lot of token generation in white and green and in red as well, too, if I remember correctly. So this kind of card fits in perfectly in white. I'm pretty sure I'm going to replace a white enchantment card in my cube for Divine Visitation if I pull one. If not, I'm going to buy one because this card is very fun and powerful while it's not the best limited and sealed card if you don't have a lot to support it but in a cube that has a lot of token generation this is perfect this is a perfect card to put in your cube here and i like it a lot it's a fun ass card um can't wait to pull one here uh, next, we have Light of the Legion for four double white creature angel with flying and mentor. It's a 5-5. Five five. When Light of the Legion dies, put a 1-1 one one counter on each white creature you control. So going back to my cube here, I have a lot of angels in my cube. And this would be the kind of perfect angel that would slot into that six mana uh, cost very well. Because it's a six mana 5-5 five five with flying and mentor, which is really good. And then when it dies, you get 1-1 one, one counter, and I have ways of gaining more counters if a counter is placed on something. So I'm always a fan of that kind of card there. Um, and then last but not least for white is Venerated Luxodon for four and a white creature elephant cleric with Convoke. When Venerated Luxodon enters the battlefield, put a 1-1 one, one counter on each creature that convoked it. So once again... With Convoke and with gaining counters and potentially more than one counter, if your cube can support that, this is a really good card to put in as well. So as you notice, I did skip over some obvious removal cards or some obvious pump cards or anything like that because there's a lot of either the reprints or there's a lot of other cards that do the same thing but better. So I'm really trying to go for more of the new cards 
that have maybe different effects or anything like that instead of focusing on something like oh luminous bonds luminous bonds is good for your cube well no duh so there's other cards that do the same thing so j just to put that out there uh now we are gonna go on to blue blue has the first card that i want to talk about on blue is chemister's insight for three in a blue instant draw two cards and has jump start so originally glimmer for genius was sort of like the go-to card for cube if you had energy to support it but if you don't and you know having energy sort of really kind of limits your cube as to how good it's going to be because then you really have to stick with one set i mean if you're doing a kaladesh aether revolt type cube yeah glimmer for genius is going to be better but for something like chemister's insight that has the jump start you don't even need a whole bunch of other jump start cards in your cube to support this because you're going to pay four mana to draw two cards yes divination is better yes there is preordained pondered and brainstorm that does much better things than this but maybe people don't want to put that in because they don't want to make blue too powerful right or whatever reason right or their serum visions or opt i i understand those are better cards but i like this if you sort of want to make graveyard matters type decks for maybe blue and black or blue and red or maybe you want to add some more jumpstart cards so whatever the reason it may be so you draw two cards this goes into your graveyard and then you can discard a card from your hand and then pay the cost for chemister's insight to draw two more cards so essentially you can draw four cards out of this for eight mana which that's a lot of mana but you know you don't have to pay all eight at once you can pay half half now half later so it's, you're putting a deposit down potentially uh, next on the list is Demir Informant uh, for Tuna Blue, Human Rogue, 1-4 when Demir Informant enters the battlefield, Surveil 2. So I feel like this would be a good card that can almost replace Omen Speaker, but 3 mana is pretty costly where Omen Speaker only costs 2 mana, so... Uh, and plus omen speaker only scries to if you if your cube supports graveyard matters effects demir informant is a really good card to slot in your cube there if you have graveyard matters which i know my cube does and a lot of other cubes as well have that too so demir informant's really good uh next is dream eater that i wanted to bring up for four double blue creature nightmare sphinx that's a four three with flash and flying when it enters the battlefield surveil four when you do you may return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand so just like with demir informant if you have something where graveyard matters um this is a really good card to put in and for six mana four three with flash that can be pretty good too um obviously something like torrential gear hulk is better than this but the surveil for like so if you have graveyard matters it's perfect to put in uh next we have mission briefing a double blue instant a surveil to then choose an instant or sorcery card in your graveyard you may cast that card this turn if that card would be put into your graveyard this turn exile it instead so say you can't afford snapcaster mage in your cube and let's be honest snapcaster mage is very expensive um this is the sort of budget version of snapcaster mage at least in my eyes here if you really want it in your cube and plus once again if you have a graveyard matters type theme going this is perfect in your cube as well too uh not much else to say about this uh then next we have quasi duplicate for one double blue sorcery create a token that's a copy of target creature you control and then you have jump start so let's say you have um 
I don't know, Ulamog's Crusher. That's the first card that popped into my head. Let's say you cheated in an Ulamog's Crusher on turn two from your cube, and then you have turn three quasi-duplicate for whatever reason. Oh, look, I created two Ulamog's Crushers. Oh, look, turn four, I have three Ulamog's Crushers now. Boom. Um, I like quasi-duplicate. It's a fun card. I, at first, I didn't think it was going to be that great and limited, but after this weekend seeing it in play, it's definitely a fun card and definitely worth it uh, for sure. And it's also, it also could be a really fun cube card because let's say you have some just degenerate creatures in that deck. It's um, just make for some funny stuff here. Next, we have Sinister Sabotage for one double blue instant counter target spell. Surveil one. So this is like Dissolve, but better, in my opinion. Uh, once again, there are better counter spells in Cube. You have access to any counter spell you want. But if you want that sort of Graveyard Matters type effect card, this is a perfect card for your Cube in blue. So that is it for all the blue cards. Let's get right on to the black cards. First on our list is Creeping Chill for three and a black. Creeping Chill deals three damage to each opponent and you gain three life. When Creeping Chill is put into your graveyard from your library, you may exile it if you do. Creeping Chill deals three damage to each opponent and you gain three life. So this is especially fun if you play cube and you're not playing just one-on-one, -on -one, but maybe a free-for-all It's a pot of four. Um, this could be a fun card to where it deals three damage to everybody and you only gain three life, but so you don't, you're not, you're not getting nine life or something like that. So, um, it's a fun little card and it can be a fun little beater card as well. If you're playing sort of like a black aggro type thing. Um, yeah. So next is we have doom whisper for three and double black creature, nightmare, demon, flying trample, pay two life, surveil two. It's a six, six. Um, if you're by complete set review, this card is bonkers and ridiculous. A five mana six six with flying trample yeah why isn't this in your cube tell me why ignoring the surveil too why isn't this in your cube put it in right now it's good uh next we have gruesome menagerie for three double black sorcery choose a creature card converted mana cost one in your graveyard then do the same for converted mana cost two and three return those cards to the battlefield um so my cube has a zombie theme and I don't have, I do have cards like this, but they're more expensive. So Gruesome Menagerie is perfect for my cube, and it's going to go into my cube for sure. And if you have any kind of zombie-esque type theme in your cube, this is the perfect card to put it in hell. Even if you don't, this is kind of perfect card if you're playing a sort of maybe a red-black aggro deck, right? Um, I like it a lot. All right, next on our list here is we have Midnight Reaper for two and a black creature zombie knight 3-2. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, Midnight Reaper deals one damage to you and you draw a card. So these are the kind of good cards where, um, you know, I have some infinite combos in my deck to where I can just keep sacking creatures and bringing them back. So this would be the kind of thing I might want to play in order. Maybe I want to draw some more cards out of my deck, but don't want to draw too many to where I kill myself, but I'm going to draw just enough and then I'll sack Midnight Reaper too, just so I don't die. Right. Um, I know there's like ad nauseum and there's other cards that can let you draw your deck better than this, but you know, I like this. It's, it's a cheap option too, as well. And it's a three, two and you potentially can draw cards out of it. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, next, we have Pilfering Imp. This card did me some work in pre-release, that's for sure. 
Uh, Pilfering Imp is a one black flying 1-1 one, one Imp. You can pay one and a black and then basically duress your opponent. You sack it and duress your opponent. And especially if you're in that control type archetype in cube, this is the perfect kind of card to help you, you know, disrupt your opponent's hand. And last, but certainly not least for black, we have Ritual of Soot. For two and double black, destroy all creatures with a converted mana cost three or less. So obviously there is better removal at four mana like Damnation, and there's also better removal at five mana, but maybe you're playing a more controlling deck to where your creatures are going to be more than three mana, and you want to be able to just wipe the board against someone who's aggro. This is the perfect kind of card. Um, yeah, that, that's the way I see it. Like I said, I understand there's better removal than this, but I, I like this card, and it's, it's a fun niche kind of card, definitely a sideboard card for limited here. All right, and next we are going to be talking about the red cards for Guilds of Ravnica for cube set upgrades. Uh, first one on the list is Electrostatic Field for one and a red creature wall defender. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, Electrostatic Field deals one damage to each opponent for a zero four. So once again, if you have a spells heavy type archetype, electrostatic field i really like this kind of card and i mean it's not the best wall not the best defender or anything by any means but i'm always a fan of those kind of cards that deal damage like that like gutter snipe um electrostatic field and then there was the oh my gosh the alchemist one from shadows over innistrad that you know you just keep tapping over and over again whenever you cast a red or instant spell so um yeah like I said, I like that card. Uh, pretty cool for cube. Uh, next is Erratic Cyclops for three and a red Cyclops Shaman zero eight with Trample. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, Erratic Cyclops gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. So obviously, once again, if you have a, lot, a spell heavy type deck um, archetype in your cube, this is the perfect kind of card to put in it because it's a fun card, right? Let's say you can cheat in a really big instant spell for nine mana or something. Boom. You got a nine, eight with trample at that point. Uh, next we have goblin crater maker for one and a red goblin warrior two, two. You can pay one to sack it and choose one deal two damage to target creature or destroy target colorless non-land permanent. Now the second ability can be very, very important when it comes to Q because there are a lot of powerful artifacts out there. Um, the ability to shock is also really good too if you're playing burn, but the second part destroying the color, the colorless non-land permanent is so good so good especially in cube that is if you have a goblin theme in cube you're gonna want to make uh room for goblin crater maker i know i am for sure uh next we have legion war boss which is i like to think of goblin rebel master's little brother uh two and a red goblin soldier two two with mentor and at the beginning of combat on your turn create a one one red goblin creature token that token gates haste until and to turn and attacks this combat if able um Extremely similar to Goblin Rabble Master, and if you have this card and Goblin Rabble Master in your cube, just think of how fun the Goblin archetype would be in your cube. Um, you've got two token producers out on the field and just a lot of goblins swinging at you. Um, a lot of fun. So this next one um, has been sort of a... I, wouldn't, I, I guess it'd be more controversial because it's not that great in limited or sealed, but the next one is Risk Factor. Uh, two and a red instant target opponent may have Risk Factor deal two, four damage to them. If that player doesn't, you draw three cards with Jumpstart. I like it in a cube to where 
you want something fun and interesting and a meaningful choice, right? Does the opponent want to take four damage or do you want to have your opponent draw three cards or do you want to draw three cards? It's I like these kind of choice cards and it's it's fun, right? Especially if you have burn archetype in your cube. This is the perfect kind of card to slot in there because, you know, Maybe they don't want to take four damage, but oh no, you're just drawing three cards. And look, I just got three burn spells that I drew off the top of my library. So I like it a lot. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to see this played at all during pre-release, unfortunately. And last for red, we have Runaway Steamkin for one and a red creature elemental. It's a 1-1. One, one. Whenever you cast a red spell, if Runaway Steamkin has fewer than three 1-1 one, one counters on it, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Runaway Steamkin, and you can remove three 1-1 one, one counters from, from it and add three red mana. So once again, if you have a spells-heavy type archetype in your cube or even burn um, in your cube and... Heck, or even kind of an aggro type feel because it's a red spell. It's not an instance or sorcery or anything like that. And, you know, this you're able to stack up these counters quickly and you can play this as early as turn two as well. So I like this card. It, it do, does have a definite slot in a cube if you have any kind of burn or aggro type archetype, which red normally does. So next we are moving on to green here. Uh, green first card on my list is Beast Whisper for two and double green Elf Druid two three. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. Uh, so it's Glimpse of Nature on a stick, and with green you typically want to have big dumb beast with some ramp as well on it too, right? So if you also have a sort of elf archetype in your cube as well, because a majority of elves are really cheap to cast, you know, you can possibly cast this by turn three. And then after that, you're just going to get value off it by keep drawing cards, by playing um, more creature spells as well. Uh, next on the list is Bounty of Might for four double green instant. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. And target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. And then finally, target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. So <clears throat> this is like giant growth on crack, right? You can giant growth a potential one creature three times or three creatures. You can cast giant growth on three different creatures um, for six mana. And six mana is not a lot, especially if you're playing green because you'll be able to ramp up to that pretty quickly. Um, it's a really fun card and... If you're really wanting to stomp your opponent in the face, this is the perfect kind of card for you to choose. Uh, next, we have Circuitrous Route for three and a green sorcery. Search your library for up to two basic lands and or gate cards. Put them onto the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library. So if you have gate cards in your cube for, to be able to be drafted, this is the perfect kind of ramp for you. If not, then ignore this card. But if you have a kind of Ravnica cube, because now that we're going to have what so each large set is considered its own set now so we're gonna have one two and then one two three so we're gonna have five sets of ravnica that you you can just make a cube out of and they're all gonna have guild gates as well um you know or actually no if you want to go back because it's three three so six seven so nine sets of ravnica i i, I take that back so if you're and that's going to be very possible to do. Build a really fun Ravnica-themed cube. And this card right here is perfect for the ramp. Um, but if you don't have any gate cards in your cube, ignore this. But I, I like this card. Um, it 
wouldn't fit into my queue personally. I don't run any gate cards or anything like that, but I can see people who do. This is perfect for you. Uh, next, we have District Guide for Tuna Green Elf Scout 2-2. When it enters a battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card or gate card. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So once again, if you have gate cards in your cube, this is the perfect kind of um, enabler to be able to search for that off-color that you need. If you don't, ignore this card. Uh, same exact stuff I said about Circuitous Route you know, just a few seconds ago. Next, we have Nullhide Ferrix for two and double blue, or two and double green, sorry. Uh, creature Beast Hexproof, you can't cast non-creature spells, it's a 6-6. Six, six. You can pay two mana, and Nullhide loses all abilities until end of turn. Any player may activate this ability. If a spell or an ability an opponent controls causes you to discard Nullhide Ferrix, put onto the battlefield instead, instead of putting it into your graveyard. So... If you have an archetype where there's a lot of hand disruption in your cube, Nullhide Ferrix would fit really nicely into it because, let's say you only have one, you're, you're, you're the hand disruptor, right? And your opponent only has one card in hand. You go Thought Seize it or something, and oh no, all they have is a Nullhide Ferrix. You're kind of screwed at that point, or a duress, or, or a, whatever, a whatever that will take a creature. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. But um, really good card for, you know, four mana, six, six, that could potentially be cast even earlier or for free. Um, so I like that card a lot. And then last for green is, I mean, probably not a surprise. We got Pelt Collector for one green elf warrior, one, one. Whenever another creature you control enters the battlefield or dies, if that creature's power is greater than Pelt Collector's, put a one, one counter on Pelt Collector. As long as Pelt Collector has three or more one, one counters, it has trample. So this is a really aggressive creature for one mana here. And, you know, this goes pretty nicely um, with a lot of other cards too, especially with Winding Constrictor or any other kind of card that will give this more counters as well. So I like it a lot. Um, really aggressively costed and a perfect slot for green, even if you're not having any kind of elf archetype or anything like that you can ignore the creature type for this and focus on the ability it has as well so next uh that is it for green here um next we're going to be going into the multicolored here uh the first one i'd like to talk about is not the one you probably think i'm gonna say and but first one i like to talk about is artful takedown for two blue and a black instant choose one or both tap target creature or target creature gets neg two neg four until end of turn uh this is an extremely versatile card in blue and black and after playing pre-release and some draft and sealed and pick playing this card it has shown its value tremendously all right um you know, it's a perfect cube card. It's a extremely powerful common as well. Um, such a good card. And um, it's ridiculously powerful as well. Next on the list is obviously everyone's favorite instant card from Guilds of Ravnica. That's Assassin's Trophy. Green and a black. Uh, destroy target permanent and opponent controls. It con its controller may search their library for a basic land card put on the battlefield and shuffle their library. Do I need to talk about this card some more? No. Everyone's talked about it to death. It is a perfect cube card to put into your green-black slot. Uh, next, we have Aurelia, Exemplar of Justice for two red and a white. 
flying mentor 2-5 at the beginning of combat on your turn. Choose up to one target creature you control until end of turn. That creature gets plus 2 plus 0, gains trample if it's red, and gains vigilance if it's white. So you can have Aurelia target herself or target another creature um, in a in a um, aggressive Boros type you know, deck, this slots in perfectly for it if you have the support for it. Um, otherwise, e even if you don't really have, you know, Boros support in your cube, this still by itself is an extremely good aggressively costed card. Um, I really like it. It's extremely powerful and it's very cheap to play as well, too. Uh, next, we have Camaraderie. Um, this card is ridiculous in standard. Uh, just to read it off. It's four green and a white. Uh, you gain X life and draw X cards, where X is the number of creatures you control. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Um, as I said before during the set review, you can almost ignore the last part of that spell and just focus on the gaining X life and draw X cards. Um, <clears throat> yes, it's if you have a kind of token generator in your cube, Put this in. This is such a good card. Obviously, you know, you don't want to deck yourself or anything like that with it. But, you know, most of the time you're not going to. Uh, next, we have... Now, this isn't the best um, card here in Limited. But I found it really, really interesting. It's sort of a niche type card. And you'll notice that I skipped a bunch. Um, because, I mean, I, I feel like... I feel like almost every single card in the multicolored, almost every single one could fit perfectly in a cube, but these are the cards that I find really interesting here in a cube. And the next one is Firemind's Research for a blue and a red enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a charge counter on Firemind's, Re Firemind's Research. One in a blue, remove two charge counters from, from it, draw a card. One in a red, remove five ch charge counters from it. It deals five damage to any target. Like I said, it's an extremely slow card, but if you have a spells matter type archetype, I like this card for it because it's very similar um, to what was it, Dynavolt Tower in in Kaladesh, to where you gain the energy and then you can just tap it and deal three damage to something. But I like this better because you're not having to worry about energy. Obviously, you're just worried about charge counters. But if you have a way to gain more counters of any type. This is perfect here. So I like this a lot. It's very niche. It's not going to fit in everybody's kind of cube, but it's it's a fun card. And plus, being able to draw a card is always, always handy. Uh, next, I mean, the next cards that I want to talk about are pretty much all the, the Guild Mage cards. Um, you've got the House Guild Mage, Legion Guild Mage, League Guild Mage. Um, what's the Golgari one? Even the Golgari one isn't bad. The... Um, why can't I find it? The Swarm Guild Mage. Yeah, sorry. Um, so all the Guild Mages here, I know I'm missing one. There's Legion House, League, Swarm, and then there's one more I'm missing, right? Where is it? Uh, anyways, so all the Guild Mages, I really like them all. Um, if you have a sort of when you when you're doing the the two pair colors and you have a sort of guild theme going, these kind of fit perfectly with it. Um, <coughs> shit, excuse me, sorry about that. Um, so I like them a lot. Uh, next on the list is Night Vale Predator, probably the most ridiculous uncommon in Guilds of Ravnica. Uh, double blue, double black creature, vampire, flying, death touch, hex proof. It's a 3-3. What more do I have to say? This is a ridiculous card. 
Flying, Death Touch, and Hexproof, and it's a 4-mana 3-3, put it in. Uh, why not? Tell me why. Um, next, we have Niv-Mezit Perun. 3-blue, uh, 3-red, uh, Dragon Wizard 5-5. Five, five. This spell can't be countered. Flying, whenever you draw a card, this deals 1 damage to any target. Whenever a player casts an instant sorcery spell, you draw a card. Um, once again, in Limited, this card is ridiculous. And in Cube, if, as long as you have... I mean... Hell, even in cube, you don't even really need much to support it. It's a 5-5 five, five dragon that can't be countered, right? The downside to this kind of card is you would, you're pretty much limited to blue and red. It's really hard to splash another color, especially with three mana of each, unless you're running a powered cube or something like that. Uh, next on the list is Notion Rain. One blue and a black sorcery. Surveil two, then draw two cards. Notion Rain deals two damage to you. So it's read the bones, but it's blue and black as well. And with the Surveil two, you have the potential of being able to reanimate something if you have reanimation in your kind of cube archetype. Uh, next we have Swift Blade Vindicator. Uh, where'd it go? Okay, Swift Blade Vindicator. Uh, red and a white. A human soldier, 1-1, double strike, vigilance, and trample. If you have aggro in your cube archetype, yeah, this is this is aggro right here. For sure. Uh, next, we have Thief of Sanity for one blue and a black. It's a specter that's a 2-2 flyer. Whenever this deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of that player's library, exile one of them face down, then put the rest into their graveyard. For as long as that card remains exiled, you may look at it, you may cast it, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast this spell. So it's pretty much like Gonti from Kaladesh, but this is a 2-2 flyer. So Gonti, it has an enter the battlefield effect. This has a combat damage effect. So you really got to try to figure out what's going to be better and what's going to be more fun as well too. Um, and can your cube kind of support this? I like this card a lot. Um... I can definitely see this slotting into my cube as well. Uh, next, we have Tristani Discordant for three green and a white. It's a 1-4 Dryad. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. When this enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 white soldier creature tokens with lifelink. At the beginning of your end step, each player gains control of all creatures they own. So, I like this. It's a lord. It can pump creatures up. It can also create tokens if you have token generation. I can definitely see myself slotting this into my cube since I have a lot of token generation as well. But I don't, for the last effect, I don't really have a lot of effects to where you can steal creatures, right? But if your cube does have the, you know, kind of steal effect or something like that, then, you know, you may want to look into this. But even if not, the, the Lord and the token effect is really good as well. Next, we have Underrealm Lich for three black and a green. It's a 4-3 zombie elf shaman. If you would draw a card, instead look at the top three cards of your library. Then put one into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Pay for life. Underrealm Lich gains indestructible to end a turn. Tap it. Do I need to say anything more about this card? This card is ridiculous. One, you can't get milled out from this card. Or you can't get decked from this card. I mean, well, you could, essentially. Yeah. But, um... It's, it's still allowing you to dig through your deck as well to be able to find that answer card. And in cube, this can be extremely powerful in cube. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, so we have two more cards that I'm going to talk about, and it's those stupid split cards. You're going to see me kind of bend my head here. Uh, first one is Connive to con Concoct. Uh, connive is two hybrid man 
two, then hybrid mana of blue and black. Gain control of target creature or power two or less. That's the one that eh, I'm not really that thrilled about, but the concoct one is the part I like better. It's the three blue and a black surveil three, then return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, once again, I have a reanimation type theme in black in my cube, so this kind of card would slot in perfectly in the blue-black uh, slot. Uh, then last but not least, the last card that I like for cube in Guilds of Ravnica is Expansion to Explosion. Or at least this is the last multicolored card, I should say, is expansion to explosion. Uh, the expansion part is two hybrid mana of blue and red. Uh, copy target instant spell or sorcery spell converted mana cost four or less. You may choose new targets for the copy. Then explosion, this is the one I like even more. It has an X cost with double blue and double red. This deals X damage to any target. Target player draws X cards. So ridiculous card in limited and in cube. Um, Put it in if you if you have the ability to support this kind of card and it's stupid ridiculous so then we're going to go into artifacts here um just real quick with artifacts the only kind of artifacts i even really liked in this set were all the lockets now the signets are way better than lockets but if you're on a budget or you just don't have the card i mean signets aren't even that expensive i don't i don't even think they're a dollar are they even a dollar each i don't i'd have to look it up but anyways um, but if you maybe, maybe you don't want to go with signets, you want to go with something a little bit slower, right? And the lockets are pretty good, and plus all the lockets, you know, allow you to draw two cards as well. And when Ravnica Allegiances come out, I'm sure there's going to be the five other lockets as well for the other guilds. Um, and then that's pretty much it for the cube cards. I mean, as far as lands go, the shock lands are going to be your best bet to put in the cube if you can't afford duels or anything. Or even the guild gates, if you have a Ravnica theme set guild and or, or cube, I should say, and you want to put some guild gates in there too, where maybe you have some guild gates matters cards, and there are out there. So that is it for the cube uh, overview of guilds of Ravnica, the kind of cube upgrades you may want to make or some additions. Um, these are these are just my uh, thoughts and feelings on the cards and which ones I thought were the best. Yes, I probably missed a lot of other good cards on it, but I probably didn't find them that great at the time as when I came up to that list. And I know after coming up with this list, my mind has kind of changed on some of them, but I'd be having a very long episode of Magic Wazubi if I wanted to put in every single card. I'd basically be doing a whole complete set review again, especially when it came to the multicolored part. And I don't want to do that again. So thank you for listening to this and watching. So that's the end of the episode. Um, did you like it? Did you have fun? Um, you know, let me know your thoughts on, on the show here. You know, I love to hear from you all. And I appreciate everyone of you for listening and commenting and interacting and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, leave a comment below, like, subscribe, uh, listen to the podcast, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and let me know your thoughts. So have a great day, everybody, and be safe.